Welcome to Belfast City Vineyard, where we are pursuing formation in the presence of Jesus, community gathered around Him, and the impact He empowers us to bring in our families, city, and the world. The following message was given at one of our Sunday services. For more information, visit our website at BelfastCityVineyard.com. Today's is going to be really different. We are going to do a bunch of different things. I'm going to talk for a little bit, and then we're going to be praying over uh, some, some leaders here and releasing them. So um, it's going to be a little bit stand up, sit down, and move around, which um, we've been preaching hard through a sermon series on who we are as a church, so you're probably up for a little bit of a break uh, of that. So it's going to just be a little bit interactive, and so I'm encouraging you to play your part. I'm just going to warn you, you look a little subdued. So between you and me... Awkward's not the enemy, that's just going to need to change, okay? So whatever you got to do, let's, let's do that. Good morning. Okay. So, as I said, from early September and into the first part of October, we have been in a sermon series on about the church that God has called us to be, and it is centered around the three things we do, formation, community, and impact, and which is our calling and our mission. And we believe that if we follow Jesus seriously and deeply, not only will we be saved and changed by him, but his goodness and his life will overflow and impact everything around us, our relationships, our circumstances, even our city and the island that we live on. It's been a hugely important time for us, and many of you have gotten in touch with me, and you have just said, look, I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but the Lord has been really been meeting me as we've been talking about these things over the past couple of weeks. Something's changing, I'm changing, and there is momentum around. And if you've missed any of those talks or all those talks, they're on the website, podcast, etc., etc. You can find them and listen to me and others talk to you about all this stuff um, until the cows come home. Um, And then last week, we had a guest speaker uh, called Steve Nicholson, uh, who leads the Evanston Vineyard near Chicago, uh, and our church was planted out of the Evanston Vineyard, so he's a real father to our church here, and he came and he spoke on living an unshakable life, and if you uh, missed that opportunity to hear that talk, I would say... uh, please do go and and listen to that talk online. It was important for us, I think. So again, today's going to be slightly different. Um, I'm actually finishing up that Formation, Community, and Impact series, uh, but not with a sermon, but with a special time of announcing some changes and praying for and releasing some leaders in a number of areas to help us continue to bring impact as well as formation and community to key Areas. So we're actually celebrating from people from BCV taking the next step for them uh, and really helping us reach into the area of impact for our church in our community and actually beyond. So we're going to be celebrating people, we're going to be praying and releasing people, and it's going to be a good time. And actually, uh, it's an important morning because our church is changing. Our church is changing. And there's momentum and there's the hand of the Lord on us. And actually, he's, he's empowering people. We've never been a church where it's, um, where it's kind of the model of it's a one-man or one-woman band. And, you know, it doesn't count until uh, the person with the right letters in front of their name turns up and does the special prayers and all that stuff. It, we've never been that kind of church. We've been a body. We've been a church that really believes that everyone gets to play, that we're all in this together, and we all bring our gifts and pursue Jesus, and we allow ourselves to be formed by him. We do that in community, and we all seek to bring impact. 
And um, we're just at a real um, inflection point, I think, as a, as a body, which is really exciting. So I just want to talk a little bit about that uh, for just a few minutes, and then we'll get busy um, explaining some of the changes and things like that. Um, so a little perspective from me on what I think has been happening um, before we get into things. I don't know how you're experiencing things at BCV at the minute, um, uh, but since um, early spring... Um, we have noticed that we are in a season of what I guess I would call momentum, for lack of a better word. Uh, and two weeks ago, I talked a little bit about it, that we were emerging from a really challenging season. Kind of the, the 12 to 18 months prior to that uh, had felt really difficult. And um, it's not, not because we were doing wrong things or that we were just out there sinning like crazy or anything like that. Um, we, we actually, I believe, were in a time of formation. We're in a time of formation as a body and a lot of us as individuals, and we were there for a good time, which I don't know if, if, if you've been ever been able to articulate this, but I find times of real formation when Jesus is doing some intense work on the inside and the outside with us, um, those can be hard times. They can feel really hard, and they can feel disorientating, and they can actually feel and look like winter if you put a seasonal thing on it. Um, and we all know that wintertime looks barren, right? And in many ways it is. Um, but during the important time of winter, what happens is that deep work is being done, all about preparing for exponential growth. And that's what's happening with many of us here, and I would say that's what's been happening with us as a community, and even though it's been a was a tough time, it was an incredibly potent time. And we've done a season of formation. We've stayed together in community, and now it feels like we're emerging into a season of impact or maybe momentum. And there does seem to be momentum around us and around us and those who call this place home. And um, uh, momentum or ease, you know, what was hard work. Uh, you know, through a difficult time, we'll begin to really flow. The main prophetic words Harmony and I have been given inside BCV and outside BCV, and even from people who have no idea uh, anything about BCV, um, have, have been centering around exactly like that. You're about to enter a season of momentum. You're about to enter a season of ease. What was really difficult that you just kept laboring at, all of a sudden, will just start to go, and you won't be doing anything different. It'll just go. And that's momentum. And like the hand of the Lord is on it just in a different way. And over the last three years, that is probably the main word prophetically we've been given, again, by people inside the church, people outside the church, friends of our community, and then people around the world, actually, that have no idea about us. I had a person who was awakened with a dream that has never met any of you. And he's having dreams about us as a church. And um, and to be honest with you, over those kind of three years, Harmony and I, as we would get those words, on one hand, it was really exciting. On the other hand, we were kind of like, don't talk to me. Uh, we began to despair a little bit because we just kept seeing kind of that not yet happen. And because it, we actually felt, again, like we were in a season of winter rather than a season of springtime or harvest. Um, but it does seem... Um, that I perhaps rushed to judgment 
in trying to silence people from giving me prophetic words. It does seem like we are emerging into a season of momentum. And I don't just mean growth, although I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. I, I mean that on areas of ministry, on areas of your real lives, there is a momentum and a movement. And that the hand of the Lord is upon you in your work, in your families, in your neighborhoods, uh, in our church. It's, it's there in a variety of spheres. There is more, and we're to be dreaming about making room for more because the hand of the Lord is on us just in a different way. The hand of the Lord is upon us in this city. The hand of the Lord is upon us in our gatherings and in our areas of ministry. We are seeing people come to faith. We are seeing people experience the presence and saving power of Jesus. We have seen people healed. Uh, People are waking up and wanting more of God, and they can't really even explain why or what's different. Well, what's different is he's just simply moving in a different... We're moving from a season of formation. We're moving to a season of impact. When we're worshiping and encountering Jesus, you know, people are just saying, look, I don't know what it is, but I'm experiencing his presence in a different way. It feels like I've been asleep, and now it's like I've woken up, and I'm ready to serve, and I'm ready to lead, and I'm seeing what is at stake in the kingdom of God in a whole new way. And yes, we are even growing numerically a bit, and we have kind of, well, some data to prove that uh, out in our stats, not just pastor numbers, which are like, how many people were there? I don't know, 10,000, something like that, you know. Um, we actually have real data, which is always good. Um, we also have seen some interesting things happen island-wide. We, last weekend, had a big conference for, any, uh, for the Irish Vineyard Churches, uh, all 12 of us all over this island. Um, to bring leaders together and gather. And we were celebrating 25 years of the vineyard on this island and then looking ahead to what might the next 25 years bring. And anyone who was there will attest the momentum and the power and the growth upon our movement at the moment. And that includes us as BCV. And I would say especially us as BCV because we as a church have really sacrificed for the sake of our movement on this island, and I would say on these islands. We have sent when we could have kept people. We have given when we could have not given. We've worked and served when we could have said it was somebody else's assignment and somebody else's problem. We're a church that's taken responsibility for more than our city. We've taken responsibility for our island and beyond. We've mothered and we've fathered and we've released as much as we possibly could. We have a call locally, we have a call to this island, and we even have a global call. Who would have thought, but it does seem to be true. We're also growing a bit numerically, as I said. That's wonderful to welcome new people, and we want to continually do that in Jesus' name and welcome people into the family, into the body of Christ here, known as the Vineyard in Belfast. So it's exciting, and um, we're even having conversations with the school, like how can we get a new room? We are uh, having conversations across our city. How could we get a different building? Uh, So please keep praying for us for that. How could we do things differently and creatively because we are running out of leaders for the children's rooms and, and for the youth rooms? How can, we, how can we make room for more? And these are incredible and wonderful and long dreamt of problems to have. Um, um, I once sat with a pastor who told me, you actually want problems 
of life. You don't want problems of death. And uh, these are problems of life. Like, where are we going to put people? How are we going to accommodate more and more people? How could we expand services? How could we grow into different parts of the city? All those different kinds of questions. Um, I just would say also, though, that growth and momentum also mean change, which can be their own versions of hard. How many of us like change? A small percentage of you, and at times you're lying about that. Um, But we've always been a church, like I said before, we give when we could have kept, we've sent when others have not sent. We've just served and released, and we've just gone for it because we believe that God has a call on us to do those kinds of things and to be that kind of church that has a, a vision that's greater than its own little locality. And we've just been crazy enough and courageous enough to keep sending, keep serving, keep contending, in season and out of season. And we've just seen the hand of the Lord do things actually with people like Kate and Richie and others who've gone around the world. And we've seen things locally, things we never would have dreamed of as when we first started doing this. And even we've seen things on this island, churches planted, the momentum of the kingdom of God all around these lands. And it's exciting and wonderful. And so I guess I'll just end this little section by saying, I believe the Lord's with us. And I believe that this is only the beginning. And I believe that we all have a part to play. And I believe that there is so much at stake. There are so many more people that need and want to meet Jesus. There are so many quiet and powerful impacts for each of us to make wherever Jesus is currently placing us. There are so many more chances at formation and community. And if we persevere, there will be a legacy for those who come after us that they'll be able to walk comfortably in the legacy that we leave and contend for. And I just think it's amazing that the Lord would honor us and that he would favor us in these days. And I'm not saying we're the best church in the city or the best church in the vineyard or anything like that. Don't hear me saying that. I'm just saying we need to open our eyes and recognize that the hand of the Lord is in a way with us, in a way in which it was not. And we need to take ownership for that and responsibility for that and recognize that and walk confidently in that and, then, and to, be, to go all in, to cash our chips in all over again. Because there's a lot at stake, and what's at stake is an impact beyond what we thought possible. And we need to make room for more. We need to make room for more here, but we also need to make room for more in every space of our lives together and as individuals. We need to make room for more in work. We need to make room for more in our homes. We need to make room for more in our neighborhoods. We need to make room for more not just on Sunday mornings but everywhere. And how might the Lord Jesus be asking you to make room for more? What if there's more for you? What if there's an impact that you're called to bring? Noisy or quiet or somewhere in between but it's actually far greater than you could ever ask or imagine. There's a lot at stake.
And I think these times are wonderful and we get to have mornings like this where we celebrate that and say, great, let's do this, and it feels good. But then it's will we live into that legacy? Will we put those hard yards in and reach and make room for more? A deeper, broader impact in our city and our island and the world is what's at stake. And we get the joyous privilege of casting down our crowns all over again before the Lord Jesus and saying to him, we are like loose change in your pocket. Spend us however you wish. So, and I guess I just would close this little section by saying, and none of this is down to our awesomeness. I hate to break it to you. And none, it, it's all down to our faithfulness. And so I want to congratulate you on your faithfulness to Jesus. And that's how we've gotten here. It's because we've been faithful. And he's rewarding faithfulness. And how he rewards faithfulness is he gives you more. So it's time to make room for more. And I'm so excited for our future. So I just want to pray for us really, really quickly, and then we'll, it'll start to get interactive, okay? Father, thank you so much for the privilege of your life and presence and to participate with you in your kingdom. We just pause as a church community. And we just say we're recognizing that you're doing something. And we are joyfully sober about that. And we don't want to miss a moment. And we submit again, all over again, to you and what you want to do with this church and this community. And we pray and recognize that you want to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. And we say, Lord, spend us. We are your servants. Empower us to be faithful to you all over again. We recognize that this is important and we commit ourselves. So Lord, touch every life, every heart here. Show us how we might make room for more of you and more of what you're doing in this place. Amen. Well, uh, momentum and growth uh, often mean releasing more leaders, and that's part of what we want to do this morning, and I am really excited to do that. So we're going to pray for a couple of different sets of people, and uh, it will be stand-up, sit-down, and stuff like that, and um, some of you have told me you missed your liturgical church days. There's nothing wrong with liturgical churches. I grew up in one, and it was great. Uh, it, we're, we're just a little bit different, and different doesn't mean wrong or bad. It just means different, so don't hear me having a go, but some of you have said, I really miss you know, doing the stand-up, sit-down liturgical thing, and well, this morning, it'll be a gift to you. Then you can, <laughs> you can do that with us, and it'll be great, so you get to get up and move around and pray and all that stuff, and so it'd be wonderful. So the, um, I want to uh, highlight two people we're, we're going to be praying over and releasing out, um, and that is Gunter Storbeck and Kath Butler. We'll go in round one. Uh, and Gunter um, is an amazing leader. He's part of our pastoral care team, which I will get to in a little bit. And um, Gunter has been taking over point leadership for our Sunday morning prayer teams. And uh, every Sunday morning, you can, uh, because of the faithfulness uh, and dedication of people in this community, 
who really value that moment where uh, the body of Christ lays hands on people and the power of God comes, that kind of interaction. We have this expectancy that as we worship and come together as a body, Jesus wants to meet us as a group and as individuals. And prayer ministry is something at every single uh, church service we've ever had, you can come up and get somebody to pray for you and stand with you with whatever need you might have, physical, emotional, or spiritual need, anything at all, someone will be here to pray for you. And it's part of the love and care of Jesus for you. It's part of the love and care of this church for you. And Gunter uh, is going to be taking over and serving and leading the team leaders and teams that provide that for us on every single Sunday morning. So we are going to be praying for him and releasing him. I also want to introduce you to Kath Butler. So they'll come up. Gunter, come up and join me so they can look at you and so I don't feel so awkward up here. Um, And then Kath Butler. Kath, um, I really want to highlight her and her leadership. Kath has come through our school of worship and has done an internship in the area of worship. And then this year, she is taking a season of her her life uh, to come on and be voluntary staff. So in other words, she is volunteering her time and she is working full-time with us in a voluntary capacity in the areas of worship and songwriting, compassion. She's helping us with some mission stuff and in some of the the background behind-the-scenes systems, like how do we organize ourselves as a church and how how do we communicate that well to church, to to all of us so people know what on earth is going on here. So we want to highlight Kath and pray for her. And so for the first group, it's going to be Gunter over here and Kath over here. Kath, there you are. Come on over here. You can cheer and clap. See, this is the part about you got to pick it up. All right. So, again, raise your game. Come on. I know it's raining, but God's good. So come on up here and gather around. We're going to pray for and release these guys. Holy Spirit, we celebrate Gunter and we celebrate Kath. We thank you for the steps in leadership they've taken. We thank you that they are servants to you and servants to us. And we pray that, Lord, your Holy Spirit would fall now and empower them for these tasks. We pray for Kath, Lord, that you would strengthen and envision her. We pray uh, that everything she turns her hands to Um, Lord, would have your prospering on it. So we pray for the worship and songwriting, Lord. We We are better with her here. So we pray that songs written here would echo through our city. We pray that songs written here would echo through Christendom. We pray that worship would be birthed and songs about Jesus' goodness and majesty would be sung all over the world because of what happens here, Lord. So would you help her really steward that? Would you bless her again with systems and organization, Lord? And we just ask for your empowering and your leadership to be upon her. For Gunter, Lord, we pray that you'd strengthen him and empower him. And we pray, Lord, that we would um, see more than we have ever seen on Sunday mornings in every single ministry environment because of the teams he is serving and leading. Lord, I pray that you would um, empower our Sunday mornings even more. So we pray for healing and we pray for salvation and deliverance and wrong things made right and all the things that happen when you turn up in a context, Lord. So I pray that you give Gunter strategy, strength, and vision and that team 
dreams would thrive and that normal people would see extraordinary things as we lay hands on and invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and impact lives. So we bless Gunter and we bless Kath and we release them and bless them to lead here. So empower them as leaders. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, well, the fun doesn't stop there. Harmony, would you take over? I think Andy just told me to bring the fun. Is that what he told me to do? All right, stand up, everybody. No, I'm just, I'm just joking. Um, so uh, my name is Harmony. Andy and I are uh, married to one another. We have been leading this church for a number of years, and... Um, I would love to chat to you about the next, the next part of this little journey that we're on this morning. A few months ago, I found myself in Nashville, Tennessee of all places. Yes, it was fun. I was representing uh, Vineyard Worship UK in Ireland, and I was meeting with several leaders of the Vineyard Worship community from other nations. And as part of our time together, we spent some time with a Christian record label, Um, who are a bit further on than we are in the vineyard. Um, They have quite a large operation. Um, So I was sitting in their boardroom, and I had the incredible opportunity to share a bit of my heart and what we are seeing here in Belfast. Um, So I told them a story, which is a little snapshot that I think encapsulates a bit of our, our heart and our passion for worship. I told them a story from Friday Church and uh, how Alan and the team there, you guys that serve there are amazing, but you give away free worship CDs because the people in that context probably couldn't afford to purchase worship music like some of us can do. Um, so I told them about a guy, I will call him Pete, that's not his real name, But he met Jesus in a very radical way. He came off of drugs, uh, came off the streets. And um, it was worship, the presence of Jesus in worship that really caught his heart. So what did he do with these free CDs that he was given? He took them into his hostel, and he told me that he blasted those worship CDs every day in that hostel. They must have been so fed up with him, but that's what he did. So I was thrilled to get to share that little story uh, of what is happening at BCV and in Storehouse, our heart for worship, for compassion, for the poor, how all those things actually work together for us here. And I believe those stories need to be told. And it should be of great encouragement to you that this little community here, and particularly those of you that serve in Friday Church, that this church has a larger footprint than just Belfast and Ireland. But it was in this community that I learned about worship, about worship leading and developing a ministry and a culture of worship. Some of you think that I lead you well. You maybe weren't here 17 years ago when I started leading, and I couldn't play and sing at the same time. Um, I started leading worship because Lisa, Lisa, are you in the room? She's not, but Lisa Dunlop was the worship leader, and she broke her arm. And so we were a small church, and Chinese whispers, I think that intern from America plays the piano. You know, so anyway, I was there to do anything that needed done, and it was better than cleaning the toilets, so I said yes. Um, so uh, I... I um, I think that this community actually formed me. (laughs) So those of you that weren't around in the early days, um, you need to know that a lot has happened since then, and God has done a lot in me through all of you here. I've seen you guys worship when things have been hard, 
and I've seen you worship when things have been great, and um, we have learned together, haven't we? So I also remember the point at which God spoke to me clearly about worship. I think Owen, our son, was about a year old. He's now 13, almost 14. And it was very simple. I mean, sometimes God speaks so simply, and we overcomplicate things, don't we? But I just saw the word worship. It was like a signpost. I saw it like a sign, and it just said worship when I was praying one day. And I knew... I knew that the Lord was speaking to me about it, and that serving in worship ministry, saying yes to more in worship, by doing that, I was following his lead. So at that time, I was simply trying to just sing and play at the same time, Um, but I just continued to say yes to the Lord, and um, then began to lead our entire worship ministry. So prior to that moment, maybe you can relate to this, I was sort of doing it thinking maybe the right person would eventually come along. I didn't think it would be me. Um, But anyway, since that moment with God, since seeing that signpost, I've always just tried to say yes in the area of worship. And so when our national directors, some of you met them last weekend at this conference that we were talking about, our national directors, John and Debbie, they approached me and asked me to be director for worship for our movement for Vineyard Churches UK and Ireland. I felt really overwhelmed at that because it feels like yesterday since um, I kind of started playing the piano, Um, but I knew that I probably needed to say yes. Why? Because God had spoken, because I knew he was speaking. So I was asked to work with the national team to train and equip worship leaders in all of our 130 churches across the UK and Ireland. So, um, and I just want to just tell you a couple of little snapshots of your part in this story, besides what I've already told you. You might find it interesting to know that as part of this training and equipping scenario, the first thing that I did was to take something that Dave Kernahan, who we'll get to in a minute, because he's part of this story too, we trialed this thing called a worship intensive, it was, and so we guinea-pigged it on you guys here, and if you're a worship leader, you were maybe at that first worship intensive, so then what did we do? We took that model and we just began to roll it out across the rest of the UK. Um, So you might not be directly involved in worship ministry, but you are a worshiper in this place. And so it's important that you see your part in the bigger picture, whether it directly affects you or not. Um, Andy's already referenced the School of Worship. Now this year we're on a break, but for the last seven years we've run a School of Worship in Belfast. And um, we... We are, I can't really believe this, but actually we were for a very long time the only church in the entire Vineyard Movement that was running a worship school. I have no idea why, but anyway, um, many of you invested in the formation of the worship leaders. For instance, both Josh and Anna that you saw this morning were part of that, that worship, our worship school, and um, you have been their mentors, you've encouraged them along the way, and um, I think that that has a large part to play in why I'm doing what I'm doing now for the movement. So what am I telling you this for? Please don't stop investing. Please don't stop serving and mentoring and encouraging worship leaders. If you are a worship leader that's just feeling God's call on your life, know that you are in a place that um, will release you and help you and support you along the way. This church has been, has sent out some incredible worship leaders and what a lot of what Andy said about church planters and people around the world applies to worship. I would love to have held on to all of our worship leaders that have come through our doors and not sent them to Germany and England and other places, Um, but that's not how the kingdom of God works. We give freely. 
And it comes at a cost to us, but it's a great blessing to other communities. So, as of September of this year, my role includes the oversight also, as well as the training and the equipping, also the songwriting and the production, which is how I found myself in Nashville. That's that little loop completed, yeah? Um, This role has been massively stretching, okay? I have faced many of my old insecurities and self-doubts all over again, and that has been extremely unpleasant. Why am I mentioning this? Um, I'm sharing this with you because I think we are in a season in our community where God is calling lots of us to more. And we should not be surprised when we are confronted with our stuff, with our insecurities and our self-doubts. So we can look at these things when they pop up as the enemy's plans to bring us down, or we can see it as an opportunity to become more like Jesus. So that's what I'm trying to do. It's a massive journey of faith and trust in Jesus. I couldn't do it without this community and for everything that you've taught me. It's not comfortable, but it's where he is leading. So again, that's one part of the story. Part two, I'm getting through this as quickly as I can, so I hope you don't have whiplash. You're like, whoa, that was a lot of information. We have a lot to get through. So rewind. There's a parallel story that goes alongside this. Rewind a few years. There's this guy called Dave... He's on the setup team. (laughs) Again, we weren't quite as small as in the early days when it was the Chinese whispers. I think the new intern plays the piano. But we were smaller than we are now. Um, So it was, I think the guy on the setup team plays guitar. (laughs) So so yes, uh, we convinced Dave somehow to put his brush and mop down and pick up his guitar and come to a worship audition. And um, I knew right away when I heard him playing at that audition that he was going to be a significant leader in our community. I'm not sure that he saw it then, but I definitely did. Turns out, as well as being a great guitar player and worship leader, he also was really techie and a great organizer. Um, And you need to know, if you don't know this already, finding an artist type of person that also can organize is a rare gift. So I was extra excited about that combination. So um, Dave, again, I'm shortening this longer story, but Dave took the decision to go part-time as an engineer and to serve with Belfast City Vineyard as a worship coordinator for a couple of years. And he has served us incredibly well in that capacity. But the reality is that Dave has long outgrown that title. He is not just a worship coordinator, whatever that title means. We have seen him grow as a pastor and as a leader of people. And it's time for us as a community to honor and recognize that. And so it's my great joy to announce Dave Worship as... Dave, Dave Worship. Dave, Dave Worship. <laughs> we don't worship Dave. Um, Dave, come on up here. Rescue me. For, Dave Kernahan is going to be our worship pastor. That's what I'm trying to say. His name is not Dave Worship. His name is Dave Kernahan, just in case you're wondering. So thank you, Dave, for saying yes to Jesus, for saying yes to the call on your life. So you know what to do, folks. Come on. Get in here.
So <laughs> I'm having to move further and further away. This is great. So Holy Spirit, would you come and fall on Dave? Dave, we bless you to continue in the calling that you have already stewarded so faithfully. And we bless you to continue doing that. And Dave, we bless you to be the leader and pastor that you were made to be. We bless you with an increased hunger for the kingdom of God and everything that goes with it. We bless you with an increased heart and capacity for people. We bless you with wisdom and discernment for the role that God has called you to. And I'm delighted that Kristen, your wife, is right there next to you. We speak a blessing over your family, over Kristen and Dave, and over Callum. We pray that they would know your favor, your mercy towards them, your grace for Kristen and for Callum as they journey this with Dave as a family. We thank you that you've called their family to ministry. I pray that you would show them what that looks like. And Dave, I bless you to take this worship ministry and run with it. I bless you to take it further and deeper to empower many more leaders, to see many more signs and wonders, and to take this church on a journey. He is with you every step of the way, Dave. So don't be afraid. And everything that the Lord has deposited in me, I freely give it to you. And in Jesus' name, we bless you to be the worship pastor for this community, with confidence, with joy, with grace, for as long as the Lord has called you to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. And now I shimmy back here. Two more statements for me. Uh, I just want to close this little section by bringing a little bit of clarity in case you're wondering. I'm not shuffling off and disappearing from Belfast. Andy and I are still co-senior pastors of Belfast City Vineyard. I'm still living here. This is still my church. I'm still all for Ireland. England, you know, falls way behind in the priority list, but don't tell them that. Occasionally, I will be on the road, but, and I would just value your prayers. That's it. All right. Okay, uh, last bit is, uh, again, super important and exciting. Um, and we're always wanting to make sure um, we have a healthy, strong, growing church. So um, I want to just talk a little bit about how is our church organized and then introduce you to a group of people that we're calling the pastoral care team and just tell you a little bit about their role and how, how they showed up. So... Um, Again, just running through a little bit of how vineyard churches are organized. So, um, we believe that Jesus is the chief shepherd and that uh, um, senior pastors are called to give um, 
leadership and oversight in the church. So the vineyard movement would, would uh, stress that the Lord calls pastors, senior pastors, and blesses them to, with um, the ultimate responsibility for the pastoral oversight of the church for which he or she will be held accountable. And um, uh, you also have a group of people that we would call our staff team, where we have empowered a staff team to help with the running and the oversight of the church, and many of them you know and love. Some function in primarily administrative roles, others serve in primarily pastoral roles, and each uh, staff team leader empowers those who lead uh, alongside them and serve in their particular areas of ministry. So you have senior pastors and staff team. You also have a group of people called the board of directors. We are a registered charity, which means we're a legal entity. Every well-run charity has an active and healthy board of directors uh, who are responsible for finances. They approve budgets and spending. They scrutinize the accounts along with our outside auditing accountants. Uh, They do things like buildings and property and the legal requirements. They do things like setting wages and HR, the hiring and firing, and ensuring that the local church also functions as a well-run charity. I'm part of that group, uh, but I don't lead that group. They have a key role, but they're not in charge. Um, They're not just the money men and money women. They have the real power and make all the decisions. Uh, How it works is the senior pastors come to them with vision and direction and their role is not to say yes or no. Their role is to help steward resources and and make practical decisions to ensure the vision and, and direction is realized in a financially healthy, transparent, and legal way always helpful to be healthy, transparent, and legal. Um, We also have a group of people uh, in our community. Many of you are in this group. It's called our leadership community. That's anyone leading at any level. Um, And we gather together every other month at this point uh, point to come together for vision, to worship together, uh, time to communicate on different things, do some training. It's time for leaders to impart wisdom, pray for one another, and be in a room where people are doing kind of the same thing you're doing, which is leading people and and, uh, serving the kingdom. It's just a place to bring your influence, and uh, I'm accountable to that room. And uh, for a long time, this is just how our church looked. We had board of directors, we had staff, we had senior pastors, and we had this leadership community. Uh, But as we've grown, um, and if you've ever led an organization, you've probably had moments like this as organizations grew, where it just felt like what what the geniuses called, we were siloed. We had just groups of people not talking to each other and never in the same room together, all trying to lead. And as our church grew, that became really cumbersome and challenging. And so we knew we needed to do something about that. And so what we decided to do was um, find a cross-section of people that are in those rooms and bring them together in one room, a smaller group, to really help uh, with the leadership and pastoral care of this church, ensuring that it's growing, ensuring that it's healthy, and ensuring that it's faithful to Jesus. So we have recently empowered that group, again, a cross-section of people. Uh, So we have people from the board of directors, people from the staff team, senior pastors, and people from the leadership community all coming together to provide leadership for our church. And so we want to end the kind of silo thing, and we want to have people who, uh, the right people in the right rooms talking to each other. And that's an expansion. And it's been a great joy to be able to do that and have a cross-section um, uh, from every area together. And uh, so we are calling that the pastoral care team. Uh, and do you like this diagram? 
good. I, I wasn't sure you were going to like it, but anyway. Um, and what did the pastoral care team do? I just want to just go through that really quickly, and then we want to get them up here and pray for them, and then we're going to be done, and I'm actually going to pray for all of you. Um, one of their roles is to come together and to pray and seek God together. This group prays and listens to the Lord for the church, and they do that on their own time, but we come together and pray together uh, for us as a community. And one of their key roles is discernment. What is the Lord doing? What is the Lord asking in individual situations, but then what is he asking of us as a church? And they certainly do input on vision and direction. So this is a group that brings wisdom and discernment to individual situations and even get involved in those situations, and they bring wisdom and discernment to the overall vision and direction of the church. Again, it's not a room that's trying to control things. It's a room of servants. We don't vote and form factions, but we're there to serve. And these are people who are highly invested and feel called to BCV and are not afraid to challenge and question and protect the church where appropriate and necessary. They're also, obviously, with a name like pastoral care team, you would imagine that pastoral care is a huge part of who they are and what they do. And they want, they exist to ensure that we continue to, uh, to as we continue to grow, that people are cared for pastorally, have ministries that benefit them and lead them closer to Jesus, and that we are all the time developing responsible and reproducing uh, biblically-based, kingdom-orientated, spirit-empowered disciples. Uh, each pastoral care team member carries pastoral weight of some description. They all coach and lead um, uh, they coach life group leaders and help them uh, grow and expand their life groups and handle those. Some of them lead life groups themselves. They often carry another area of responsibility. They're all available to meet one-on-one with people who have pastoral care needs. Um, they are gifted pastors and leaders working to make sure our leaders and everyone who calls the vineyard home is cared for and is experiencing community and growing in Jesus. And again, we're a church whose model is everybody gets to play. And we empower people to play their part. And we are all on duty when it comes to welcoming and caring for people in Jesus' name. So they carry ministries. They also work pastorally and in a strong leadership capacity. And I think that when we get them up here, you will see that you are in good hands with this pastoral care team. Uh, When necessary, this group will exercise church discipline. That simply means they're pastors and leaders who are committing to fighting for the health of the local church and not fearing to have hard conversations when necessary. Part of their role is to help us encourage and empower others like you into more and more leadership and release you into the destiny Jesus has for you. Uh, One of the things that's really uh, been helpful to me is this group will be playing a part in discerning for me what is the best use of my time uh, outside of BCV and inside BCV. They will input on my schedule and travel and how much that happens and discerning what I should be released to do and then helping me discern like what would be a good thing to do but it's not God's best for me. Um, So that's really exciting. Uh, Many of you will know from Ephesians chapter 4, the five-fold ministry, where the Lord has gifted the church with apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors and teachers. And a lot of churches um, title those out and make sure in their leadership teams you have Apostle Jones and Prophet Smith and all that stuff, and that's, that's fine. We, we don't really do that kind of thing, but we also uh, acknowledge that Ephesians 4 is a hugely important text um, for the life of the church. And so I am so excited that in this pastoral care team, we have all the different fivefold gifts represented, which I, which I think means health and growth. Um, and if you're looking, you're like, what actually 
is this, what are they? I need some language. I, I can't put my hand on it. And maybe some, you know, we don't often use the word elder or eldership. Um, um, in, in the past, I, you know, that word makes me break out in hives, usually because it means different things to different people and it's just complex. In different contexts, an elder does this. In this context, they do that. And how do you even explain it and, and all that stuff. Uh, but it is a biblical word and it's a biblical concept of a pastoral leader called out to lead and serve in their local church. And that's what this group is. And that's who they are. And so if that's helpful to you to think about it like that, then think about it like that. And the Vineyard Movement uh, called out Andy and Harmony, and Andy and Harmony in turn have called out this group to help us lead and pastor the church. I need to stress that they aren't the only gifted pastors and leaders in this church. They're not the new kingpins, cool kids of BCV sitting at the top table. and all. It's not what this is about. Um, when I get these people up here, you're going to see that we are incredibly blessed that we have um, people like them serving us. I also want to stress that I believe that there are so many strong leaders and pastorally gifted people who are not in this group that you are here and you have served and loved and are going to continue to do that. Uh, But we're just taking a moment and recognizing and publicly acknowledging this group and praying for this group that for this season, they are called to serve in this role and we want to honor and respect them. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to, I'm going to call them up here, and then we are going to pray for them. So I already uh, 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 let the cat out of the bag and mentioned that Gunter Storbeck is part of that group. So Gunter, come on up. Uh, Andy and Harmony, myself and my wife Harmony, are part of that group. So Harmony, you come. Uh, Alan and Lori Carson, our associate pastors, you come on up. And then we have Katie and Trevor Wilson. So Katie is our children's pastor, and she is married to the wonderful Trevor. Um, we have... Uh, Ann Robinson, who couldn't be here, and Linda Tolan and Lila Truesdale, they are part of this community. David and Karen Scott, I think I saw you guys here. Why don't you come down? Uh, Noel and Sarah Ashfield, and Pete and Rosie O'Halloran. So um, you got to come quick because I'm going to start praying. And the glory's going to fall. So, Would you stand with me? This is a really um, important moment of our church. And it's not like I'm leaving or going somewhere or Harmony's leaving or going somewhere. Um, But we're going to be asking uh, for the power of God to fall on these leaders in our community to equip them to serve this body incredibly well. We're going to be asking for God to lay his authority and his power on them. And our church will be healthier than it ever has been because we have uh, this group Operating Again, they're not the only people that are gifted, so please don't feel, you know, discarded or anything like that. It's just what the Lord is doing now in this season. So would you stretch out your hand as I pray for this group? Holy Spirit, we acknowledge that you are doing something in our community. You are um, restructuring us a bit and helping us reach for all the things you actually have for us. So I honor these men and women. And just say to you, Lord, it is a joy to serve them and to serve alongside them and to be served by them. I am grateful to you, Holy Spirit, for them. So I ask that you would fall on them and that you would empower them. Would you empower them to lead? Would you empower them with courage? Would you empower them to even lovingly confront? Would you empower them to preach the gospel? Would you empower them to gather people around Jesus? 
Would you empower them to pastorally care for us in this community? I pray that wherever they go, health and growth would happen. Give them wisdom and discernment to solve difficult problems. Give them keen insight for healing. I pray that you would anoint them to be peacemakers. And where we've seen unsolvable conflicts, I pray that where these men and women go, problems would be solved in your name. So release supernatural wisdom and vision and discernment and power to them. And Lord, any authority that I have, any catalytic authority that I have, I ask that you would take whatever you've placed on me and my life to be catalytic and to grow things and to lead things. I pray that you would take a double portion and place it now on these men and women. So just receive the anointing of the Lord. And we commission you as pastors and leaders and even elders. So just receive the anointing and the call of Jesus. Walk confidently in your power and we charge you to lead well. We charge you to be faithful. We charge you to love well. And we commit to loving you well and to following your leadership. We bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Why don't you stay standing because I'm going to pray for you. And then I have a ministry team up here already. I just had a sense that we're to end with me praying and commissioning you all over again. And we end with what does it look like for you to make room for more? In any context, maybe it's do more here in our community, but maybe it's do more in work. Maybe it's to receive more as a family. Who knows what it is? The Holy Spirit is going to get to decide for you. But we are to say our give our yes all over again. So Holy Spirit, would you fall on the men and women here? I bless them to be fruitful. Lord, we embrace this season of momentum. We pray that it would not end. We pray that we would be incredibly faithful to your call and vision for what you had in mind when you started this church. We submit to you, Lord Jesus, and we allow you to set the limits. Anywhere where we are limited in our minds, we think the Lord couldn't possibly do this. We just repent of that type of thinking and we say all over again lord we are yours you can do anything you want with us you can change anything and we receive your goodness and your strength and your power so bcv i commission you to go in the strength and power of jesus and make room for more i bless you to be fruitful i bless you to bring the kingdom i bless you to preach the gospel and live out the gospel i bless you to be salt and light in a dark world Receive the empowering of the Holy Spirit now to live for Jesus and to preach his gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For all the latest information about what's happening in the life of our church, or if you have any questions or comments, head over to BelfastCityVineyard.com.